word. God will be speaking to us through 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. When you have it, please say amen. And it reads, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins or payment. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you for your amazing and incredible love. Father, a love that has captivated us, a love, Lord God, that pulled us out of very, very dark places and a love that sustained us, Lord. And we are grateful this morning that we are recipients of such love. And so, Lord, as I preach this morning, I am aware of my frailties. I am aware, Father God, that I can do nothing without your Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, I'm praying this morning that you would quicken me and, and help me to preach this word, Father God, as you would have me to preach it. And I pray, Father God, that all of us together will, Lord, become more aware of the depth and the height and the width of your incredible love that you have for an incredible people. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We're beginning a brand new series entitled Love to Loved to Love Series. Loved to Love Series. One of the things that I absolutely love talking about is God's love. Uh, I can remember that when I first came into the kingdom of God, that it was somewhat difficult for me to fully grasp the love of God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. That when I realized that just how awesome God is, and I had went through this season like every new believer does, and, and I gave my life to Christ, and I began to pursue him with all of my heart. But it's a funny thing that happened when you pursue the Lord he begins to show you yourself. And I begin to realize as I drew closer to the Lord, I begin to see myself for what I really was. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I really struggle with the fact that God loved me because I said to myself, and I remember saying, God, how can you love a guy like me? Considering all the things that I had done. Somebody help me preach this morning. All the all the, all, help me, I want you to think about where you were when God came and got you. You were helpless. You were lost. 
some of us, we were, I mean, we were just, we weren't just sinning. You know what I mean? We were all the way, we were deep into it. And yet to know that God still predestined me, called me into his kingdom and said that I love you. Jeremiah, I want to read a verse to you. Jeremiah 31.3 says this. It's a wonderful verse. It says, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. How many know what I'm talking about? It's, it, it was God's loving kindness. He says, I love you with an everlasting love, which means that God's love don't stop. God's love is eternal. He says, I love you with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness. How many know when you preach about the goodness of God? Let me tell you something. It'll change people. It'll cause people to say, you know what, let, 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 me, let me come and, and see who this is. Let me come and see who this Jesus is. And then as I begin to read the scriptures, like many of you and many of us, and I remember reading in the book of Exodus when God said that he was jealous. He's a jealous God. Y'all know God is jealous. But you know why God is jealous? Because he got mad love for you. And he don't want to share you with nothing else. God is jealous over you, and he loves you, and, and you are the apple of his eye. You see, part of my assignment this morning is to help you to understand the enormity of the love of God. Now, that's a huge task. Because how do we know God's love is super huge? And I believe that one of the biggest traps of the enemy, and it is still in full operation today, is to blind the hearts of men to the love of God. And so what do people do as a result? They seek for love in all the wrong places. Never, they're always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of truth. And so you see people who are scarred in relationships, and they, they keep in it, they're in this cycle of problems and, and tribulations and trouble. And when you really look at it, and when you really strip it to its core, what's really happening is they just don't know the love of God. They're looking for God, but don't realize it. So we who have been captured by God, we now have this, this treasure an earthen vessel, to go and to share with the people about the love that God has shed abroad in our hearts. God wants you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him. Say, God wants you. In fact, I remember in Revelation chapter 3, and I'm just going to throw a couple of verses out there, but in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus was talking to the seven churches, and he spoke to the church of Ephesus, and he said to the church of Ephesus, he said, I know your good works. I know all the stuff that you do. I mean, you work hard, and, and man, you, you, you shun evil, and you hate those that teach bad doctrine. He said, I understand that, but y'all got one problem. He said, you have forgotten your first love. You would think that Jesus would at that point say, I'm satisfied. But he's not, because everything that God wants is all about you. You see, when you get a revelation of God's love, you will never have self-esteem problems anymore. When you ever get a revelation of God's love, it will radically change you. You won't go seeking for love in the wrong places because you know you have the giver of love. You know that you have the full embodiment of love. It's in God. 
The love of God is absolutely amazing and incredible. And so we are going to be talking about for the rest of the month, because everybody want to talk about love, amen? amen? But we're going to focus on the love of God and how we are to share that love to one another, amen? Uh, turn with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. It's a passage that many of us are familiar with, and I could not talk about the love of God without going here, and I believe that Brother Jacobs almost preached my sermon this morning. He was on fire with that offering. I said, keep on going, brother. He was all up on this. But John chapter 3, verse 16, you can get there, say amen. amen. I mean, I got to get there. Amen. We're going to read verses 16 through 17. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now watch this. Here's the kicker verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Hear this. God did not send his son to condemn the world, but watch this, but that the world through him might be saved. So there's a few things that we can gather from that particular passage of Scripture. Number one, God was motivated out of love. How many know everything God do is because of love? Even when he spanked you, he loves you. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Another thing that we can capture from that verse is God's love is universal. This love is not relegated to just a few, or it's not the, the, the white man's gospel or the black man's gospel. It's the everybody's gospel. God has always been after the world, even all the way back to the book of Genesis, even though the children of Israel was his vehicle by which he expressed the kingdom of God, God's aim has always been and will always be the world. God so loved the world that he gave. This gospel is extended to everybody. The three, the gospel message, I just said that, is for everybody, number four. God's love is eternal. And we said something about that earlier. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him will not perish but have everlasting. Everybody say everlasting. everlasting. That means forever. You know, you know what Christianity really, really is about? It's about a long, long love affair with the creator, God. And if you have a problem loving God down here, what are you going to do in heaven? I tell people all the time, I say, if you struggle with loving God and worshiping God here, what are you going to do in heaven? Because that's all it is. <laughs> it's going to be just one big love fest where you're going to be complete in him. You will have everlasting life. How do you know that's a good life? But it's available to you right now. Second, fifth, the fifth point is God did not send his son to condemn the world. Watch this. But through him, the world might be saved. You remember there was a passage in the scriptures where the disciples got mad at Jesus. And because Jesus oftentimes was so gracious that one time the disciples, Jesus was trying to pass through a town and the folk wouldn't let him do it. And, and they said, well, you know, disciples said, Jesus, won't you just send fire from heaven and burn up everybody. Just burn them up. Jesus very clearly said to them, you don't know what spirit that you're of. You see, when Jesus came, he did not come to set up camp and to judge the world. Not at that moment. 
How many know we're living in the dispensation of grace? Now, at some point, how many know that window is closing? But we live in the dispensation of grace. And so when Jesus came, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to do what? Seek and to save that which was lost. How many know that's still what he's doing today? Well, you know what? How come, well, how come it's been 2,000 years? How, how come it's taking so long? Because he's not willing that any perish. And you better thank God it took a while. I mean, I, I, don't, worry, I don't ask that question no more. You know, I mean, I want him to come back, but, but you, know, you know what I'm saying. I, I, don't have, I thank God for his mercy. And I thank God that he's long-suffering. And it's 2,000 years of mercy, amen, that he's not willing that any perish but that all. And that's why that we're still here. That's why we have to put up with some of the stuff that we have to put up with. It's because God is still after some people. His love is still chasing people down. His grace is still hounding people, amen? God is not finished yet. His, how many know his love is great and his love is deep? So let's look at first, let's go back to 1 John chapter number 4. Have your Bibles. 1 John chapter number 4. When you get there, you can say something to the effect of amen. Uh, we're going to be in 1 John just for a little while. I'm just, this, this is just amazing. He says in verse number 7, now I, I want you to capture this thought here. We, we're talking about the love of God. He said, beloved, let us love one another. Now, we'll be talking about that some next week. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God. And how many know you, you can't say that you've been impacted by God's love and you don't love? See, everybody who's born of God, one of the marks that you know somebody who's been born again is they love. If you really, if you have been impacted by the love of God, the way that we know, one of the primary ways we know it is that you love people. And you share the love of God. Now watch, Pastor, why do you say that? I'm glad you asked. Let's look to the word. He who does not, watch this, verse 8, he who does not love, watch this, so, you know, if you got a problem with loving people, I'm going to help you this morning. Can we help you? I said, can we help you? Come on, help me preach. He who does not love, watch this, does not know God. That's deep. I mean, this, I mean, no, this is how serious God takes this thing of love. He said, if you don't love, you don't even know me. Don't go tell nobody about me because you don't know me if you can't love. The essence of God is love. The Bible says here, watch, keep reading. It says, God is love. <laughs> uh, you see, this is good because, because you know, uh, he don't have to try to act like it. He don't have to try to put on airs. God don't have to work up love. He is love. And so when you think of God, love. You want to know what love is? God. God love. Love God. Love. God is love. He is the full embodiment of love. He is the originator of love. He is, it is his supreme nature. Now, I want you to hear that because that is very important as you talk about love as the children of God because Jesus said that one of the ways that people will know you know me is by the love that you show to one another. Ah, that's deep, ain't it? 
Uh, you got to love me whether you like it or not. <laughs> now, some of us can make it easier on one another, but, but come on. But we need, we got to love each other, amen? amen? Because that's the essence of who God is. He said everybody who, who knows God, who loves, they, I mean, everybody who knows God, they love. It's, it's a part of our nature. It, it, it should not be a struggle for us to love. When we consider what God has brought us through. Now, I want you to think about the person or the people that you have problems loving. Because that's the gateway by which God is going to deal with you. Because you have to love him. Amen? Amen. All right, let's keep going. I look like it got a little quiet on me, so I knew when to get quiet, y'all. All All right, let's go to 1 John chapter 3. Let's get a little deep. Can we go deeper? All right. Now, watch this. Now, here's the thing. I I love the Apostle John. um, Because one of the reasons why we tell people to read the Gospel of John, people who first get saved, is because the Gospel of John, more than any other, other of the Gospels, really explains the love of God. Because at the core, uh, at the need of the, at the core of every human being is to be loved. And when people don't feel love, they do crazy things, don't they? When people don't feel love, they act out. They get drugged up, they get cracked up. They get, in bad, they get involved in bad relationships because they don't understand. And so the, the core need of every human soul is to feel loved. And so John, who was also that apostle that oftentimes he would lay on Jesus' chest. I love John. John, John I mean, you read, you read John in 1 John, 2 John, 3. I mean, all John talks about is love. Over and over again, all he keeps talking about is the love of God. Love one another. Love because, because he was intimate. He understood this. He got a revelation of this love. But, but this verse I'm getting ready to read. Now, look at this. I, I want you to follow me here. You're in 1 John chapter 3. Stay with me. He says, now, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. I want you to picture this because as I read this, I was meditating on this yesterday, and I was like, Wow. John said, behold, he's saying, I want you to ponder. I, I want you to think about. I, I want you to consider. It is almost as, as if that, that John is sitting together with a bunch of brothers or sisters, and, 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 and they just want to talk about the goodness of God. You ever been in those environments? Well, you know, brothers and sisters, you, know, just, you ever been there? You just sit around with people, and, you, and, and then we just, we just try to figure out who can brag the best about God. You ever done that? You just sit around the table, and then everybody just try to top, top with, top with who can, who can just outdo the other person by explaining how awesome God is. It is if John is sitting at the table with some brothers, you know, and it's like John is sitting there and he's saying, "Watch this! Behold, what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us." He said, well, I, you, "Don't just pass this by. Don't just miss this." He says, "Behold." I mean, let me, I mean, brothers, sisters, let's think about this love. What kind of love is he talking about? Uh, he said the kind of love that says that we are the children of God. <laughs> we are the children of God. Tell your neighbor you're a child of God. Now watch. So, so John said, behold, with man of love, that we're the children of God. Now, now let's, let's, so John is, John is telling us that we need to stop and ponder this just for a moment. Now, when you think about the fact, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I think every child did this. You know, you know, when I used to be with my buddies out in the corner, and, you know, a lot of times we used to brag about our daddies, you know. Like, my daddy can beat your daddy. 
and uh, your daddy ain't stronger than my daddy. My daddy. My daddy would whip your daddy any time of day. I mean, because I thought my daddy was Superman. I didn't think nobody, I mean, I was like, man, nobody can mess with daddy. Nobody. Well, let's consider this daddy we're talking about up here. I mean, he's omnipotent, which means your daddy is all-powerful. Okay, because y'all didn't get that. All-powerful. He's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. That means he knows everything. And then watch this. He's omnipresent. You know what that means? He's everywhere at the same time. This is the same God that put breath in all flesh. This is the same God who says that I own a cattle on a thousand hills. And by the way, he said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't ask you. Because he said, for the earth is the Lord and everything that's in it is all Mine. Now, are you getting what I'm saying? Watch this. That's your daddy. See, y'all didn't get that. I want you to think about it. Your daddy is bad. Paul put it this way. Paul says, I call him Abba, which means daddy, father. See, when you realize who your daddy is, you don't have, listen, don't, don't, listen you, don't have to, you don't have to try to fight people. Just, I'll just refer you to my daddy. You want to mess with me? I, I, you want to mess with me? Cool. Oh, let, me just go, let me just go and talk. See, it's, it's, it's wrong to go. It's, it's a bad thing to go mess with somebody who got a close relationship with their daddy, who understands who they are. That's your daddy. Then if you know that's your daddy, why is your head hung down? What are you upset about? Jesus said, consider the lilies of the field. Consider the, consider the birds. What are you worried about? Do you know who I am? Why are you troubled? Why are you worried? Do you not know who I am? I created all these things, and for my pleasure they were created. Even your enemies got to bow to your daddy. <laughs> See, everything and everybody got to bow to the king of kings and the lord of lords. And so, I, I, so, so when John says, behold what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us, that, that, that he says, you're, you're my children. You're not stepkids. You're not just somebody visiting. He says, you're mine. You know, you know, when you, you know parents, you know, you got kids, you're invested in your kids. See, the kid down the street that come over my house, I mean, I can tell him, get off my property. I can't do much with him. I ain't, you know, you know, but, but, but understand something. But my kids, I mean, no, parents, you got kids. I mean, you're invested in your kids. And you don't want nobody to mess with your kids. I mean, people get, I mean, I, I, I used to be, when I was a school resource officer back in the day, um, boy, I tell you what, one thing, parents, boy, they come to school, boy, I'm telling you, don't mess with somebody's kids, boy. I mean, they will just go off the rocker. Because that's my son, that's my daughter. They could do no wrong. <laughs> Even though they do wrong, y'all do know that, right? Y'all are, are witnesses. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But behold what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us, that we're his kids. I mean, we're talking about the God of the universe saying that you're my, that I'm, you're my son and you are my daughter. You belong to me. 
And everybody should be excited about that. You should be very happy. Every time you feel discouraged, every time you feel that somebody try to tell you that you're not this and you're not that, you just look up. How many know the Bible says he's a father, father to the fatherless? And that's what it means. He's there to lift you up. But we got to come into the knowledge of that. Amen. Now, now watch this now. I want to talk about another two aspects of God's love, and then we're going we're gonna to get you out of here. But look at Hebrews chapter number 12. I made reference to this, to this a little bit earlier. <clears throat> How many of you have ever got a spanking by God? Oh, oh, oh my goodness. How many of y'all got a spanking lately? <laughs> Amen. How many know God, God disciplines his children? Amen. Uh-huh. It says here in Hebrews 12, verses 6 to 11, watch this. For whom the Lord, watch this, here's that word again, loves. He what? Chastens. Now watch this. And he scourges every son whom he receives. How many sons? That means sons and daughters. You understand that, right? So everyone God disciplines. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, watch this now. This is why you got to be happy when God gives you a spanking. Because he's doing it out of his love for you. Of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate. And not sons. In other words, God's saying, if I, don't, if I don't discipline you, you ever wonder why some people can get away with stuff and you can't, and they don't know God? Amen. <laughs> you know, you're sitting there struggling, man, serving God, and you barely make it. You look at your next door neighbor, man, they, everything, everything looked like everything is going well, and you're like, man, what's up with that? I mean, first of all, their day is coming. I mean, their day is coming. I mean, you know. The psalmist talked about that in the book of Psalms. David said, I, I, I looked over there, and they, they looked like they were wealthy and they were prospering. But he said, I saw their end. But see, here, here's the thing you got to understand about God. God loves you, so because he loves you and have a relationship with you, he has restraints on you. I don't like the restraints. Well, you know, you, you just got to understand what the purpose of the restraints are. How many of you want to experience God's goodness in your life? Now, how many know you need parameters? Am I right about it? He said, furthermore, we have had human fathers, in verse 9, who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more, watch this, readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits, watch this, and live? For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seemed best to them. But watch this. But he, for our prophet, watch this, hear this that we may be partakers of his holiness. That means of his goodness. That means of his love. You, you see, what's, what's amazing about God's love, and, 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 and the reason why we had to bring this up, because sometimes we, we, we get into moments where we feel like God, have anybody ever felt like God didn't love them? Have anybody ever felt like God have, a, God have left them? Well, you know, maybe I've crossed the line this time. Maybe I've gone too far, and, and God, God has just cut me off. If anybody know what I'm talking about. He said, don't faint when I, when I spank you, when I discipline you. Now, that discipline can come in a lot of ways. Loss of a job. 
maybe it's, it could be, this is when you're disobedient. Uh, maybe some endeavor that you were doing that, that you, did, you lacked success or, 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 or perhaps uh, your enemies triumph over you. In fact, David said that one of the ways he knew God was with him, that his enemies didn't triumph over him. God sometimes will allow these things when we get out of order so that he can bring us back so that he can pour more of his love over top of your head. <laughs> That's all God want to do. He loves you with incredible love, with incredible grace, that even when he disciplines you, it is for your good. Now, you got to remember that. And so when, you, when you're going through it, just tell your brother and sister, just say, look, what's wrong with you, brother? Well, you know, I've been disobedient. God just take, he take, he just taking me to the woodshed. But I'm going to be all right because at the end of the day, I want to be a partaker of his holiness. I want to be a partaker of his goodness. I want to be like him. I want to experience the full measure of all that he is and all that he has. Now, we're almost closing. Now, look at, look at this verse, uh, Romans chapter 5. Run there real quick. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. Amen. I don't hear no pages turning. Amen, amen. I like to hear that sound. We, met, we need to go back to taking the scriptures off the screen. Well, I, I, I know what it is. It's the telephones and the, and the, uh, the, the iPads. That's what it is. Uh, we need to figure out a way to make that thing go, you know. So pastor know y'all, you know, because I don't know where y'all at. It's getting quiet. Watch. In the Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. You dare say amen? amen. Watch what he says. For now, for when we were without strength, that means that when we were helpless. How many you know what I'm talking about? In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, why is that important? Because what he's saying is that at the time when we wanted nothing to do with God, how many you know what I'm talking about? There was a time in your life you didn't want to serve God. There was a time in your life you didn't want to, anytime you heard anything on the radio, you flip it. If you saw a preacher on the TV, you flip it. If somebody came to you talking about it, you didn't want nothing to do with them. In fact, you would get away from them as quick as you could. You didn't want nothing because you were doing your thing. Yes, yes. And you wanted nothing to do with God. And so when people try to come to you, talk to you, I don't want to do, I don't want to have anything to do with that right now. I'm fine. My life is good. I want you to know that at that time, Jesus died for you. Yes. Now, you need, to, you, need to, you, need to, you need to catch that. Because when you were in the pinnacle of your sin, the blood was already spilled. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. When you were helpless, when you wanted nothing to do with God, what, not, see, this is a good verse to tell people. You know, you ever hear people tell you sometimes, they say, well, you know what, I'm going to wait till I get it together, then I'm going to come to God. This is a good verse. You don't wait, come now. Because first of all, you ain't going to ever get it together because the only way you're going to get it together is you got to surrender to him. You got to come to him as you are. Broke, busted, and disgusted. Just come, come as you are in the name of Jesus. Because you can't fix yourself, amen? But the Bible said, I want you, I really want you to get this because this is, this is key. That, 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 that when we were without strength, that in due time Christ died. Now watch. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare die. You, you know, people don't just die for people. You know, it was funny. They had this, I don't know what TV show it was. I was watching one time, and they would kind of stage these shows where somebody was getting attacked, and then they would see if somebody who was in the general public would actually walk by and jump in and help them. I don't know what show that was, but I mean, why? And you know, it was amazing. But people see a lady getting mugged, getting robbed, and they just walk right by. 
Like, ooh. And then, you know, they, they wouldn't do anything. How many know scarcely for a good man somebody would die? But, but how many know Jesus died for you? And uh, I mean, filthy you. When we had, watch, when we didn't want him at all. Now watch, just, just keep reading. Now watch, look at verse number nine. Much more than having been justified by his what? We shall be saved from the wrath through him. Now, now this, this is good. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, everybody say much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, this is a great verse. Because, because what he's saying is, what, what, what God is saying in that verse is that when you didn't want anything to do with me at all, when you weren't even thinking about me, I was chasing you. When, 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 you, when, you were, when you were blaspheming my name and taking my name in vain, I was coming after you. He said, now, he said, now that you are mine, I ain't no way that I'm going to let you out of my sight. He said, how much more than shall I be saved? In other words, well, wait a minute, Pastor, look at what I did. It don't matter what you did. You just confess that thing. And give it to God and how many know his blood cleanses? Oh, hallelujah. He said, now, if I saved you when you didn't want me, now that you're mine, do you think I'm going to let you go? You better forget it. You ain't going nowhere. You are mine. Yeah. See, how many know that's security? He said, how much more when you didn't want me? Now that I got you, I'm going to let you go. Nope. You're mine. And I'm going to love you all the way to the end. Let's take it a step further. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. No, Ephesians chapter 2. Run there real quick. We're done. Five minutes. Amen? Amen. Five minutes and we're done. Ephesians chapter 2. Watch this. Verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read this verse. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 6. And you he made alive. Watch this. And you he made alive. Now, I want you to, if you got your own Bible, you should put your name there. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. I mean, no, that's where we were. In which you once walked. Everybody say, I once walked. <laughs> Everybody say, I used to. Walk according to the course of this world. You know, this world is dark. According to the prince of the power of the air. I mean, no, Satan, that's who, he's the prince in the power of the air. The spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, watch this, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. How I many know we were in bad shape? Amen. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. In other words, whatever our flesh and mind want to do, we just did it. We didn't think of God, not one iota. And we're by nature, everybody say nature, nature. children of wrath, just like everybody else. But God. Look at the name and say, but God. Say it again, but God. but God. One more time, but God. But God. That means God just stepped in when you were in all of that. <laughs> God stepped in, watch this, when you were in all of that, but God. Why did he do it? Why? God, why did you stop in there and arrest me? Why did you arrest me and put me in handcuffs? I mean, no. Hallelujah. I'm, this is one arrest that I will not fight. Amen. This is one. Get away from me. I want to stay right here locked up in his grace. Amen. 
locked up in his mercy. I want to say, he come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been arrested by his grace. You've been stopped dead in your tracks. That's how he hit me up. I mean, I was, I was in the thick of it. I remember going to a club, and the Lord had hit me, arrested me in my spirit. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Something wrong. Something ain't right. I knew what was taking place. But God, who is rich in what? You know what that means? That means he got, he, got, he got mercy stored. He got so much mercy for every one of you. God has given you a, listen, he, has, he has, has an account for every one of you, and the name of that account is mercy, and you can't outspend it. His mercies are new. Every day. Somebody knew that, but every day. You can't exhaust the mercy of God. I know some of, you, some of us try real hard, don't we? <laughs> but you cannot exhaust his mercy. Nothing you can do. God, listen, there's nothing you can do that God said, okay, that's it. I'm done with you. Nothing. Nada. He is rich in what? Mercy. Because of his great what? There it is. That's why he did it. That's, that's amazing. God, you love, why you love me like this? God, why? You know, and, 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 you know, I hear people say all kinds of things about what they're going to say to God when they get to heaven when they see him. I, I don't know. I, I'm just going to say, all I can say is, God, why? why? Why me? Why me? Because when I read this, it is absolutely amazing. Even when we were dead and trespassing in sin, he made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you've been saved. Now stand to your feet. Amen. And we're going to read this one verse. And I got to close with this verse. Look at Romans. I want you to get this in your spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. You get there, say amen. Watch this. This is, this is good. And this will help every one of us. Watch. Talking about the love of God. What then shall we say to these things? <laughs> if God is for us, who can be against us? How many know you got God on your side? You're set. See, your goal in life is to please God. If you please God, that's all you need to worry about. Yeah. You don't need to worry about nobody. He said, how many know, how many know God is for you? Yeah. You need to remember that. I know sometimes you made the devil tell you otherwise, but you need to know that God is on your side. God is for you. For he did not, watch this in 32, verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we? How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And further, see, that's why you can tell people, shut up, leave it alone. And furthermore, it's also risen, watch this, and furthermore, it's also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. You know, every time we blow it, every time, how many of you ever blow it? Jesus is making intercession for you. He's covering you. He said, Father, remember. Remember, Father, I, I know they're acting out of character right now, but remember that I spilled my blood for them. Every day, God's making intercession for you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Now, when he asks you this question, I need you to say a nice, hearty no. Watch. Ready? Shall tribulation? No. Or distress? No. Or persecution? No. Or famine? No. Or nakedness? No. Or peril? No. Or sword? Watch this. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, here you are, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, and you need to be this too, that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You ought to say amen. Come on. Give God praise for that. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Amen. 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 That's why we got communion. Let's do me a favor. Have a seat for a moment. Let's have a seat for a moment. If you listen to this message this morning, I'll I need the saints praying, and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, we never like to close a message without giving everyone an opportunity to come to Jesus. As we have been talking this morning about God's amazing love, we've been talking about uh, uh, how that, that love is, is, is etched in stone, how that, that love is eternal, how that, that love will never fail. And if you're sitting here today and you're saying to me, Pastor, I don't know, I don't really know him. I, I don't know that love that you're talking about. Or you're saying, Pastor, I want that love. I want that assurance. I want that salvation. If that's you this morning, and you know in your heart, I'm not talking, don't look to your left, don't look to your right. And you know in your heart that you have not given your life to Jesus. Now only you and God know this. You will know it. And you haven't given your life to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to him this morning. If that's you, you're saying, Pastor, I, I need to get right with the Lord today. Pastor, I, I, I need to run. I've been running. I've been trying it on my own. And, and today I want to surrender my life. Is there one this morning? that will say, you hear the voice of God talking to you, and you're saying that you want to give your life to Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are. This is about your eternal, eternal state. This is about eternity. Do you know him this morning? If you don't, slip your hand up. I just want to pray with you. His love is too great for anybody to miss out on this incredible grace. His love is too great. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your love. All of us, Lord God, we're here today, recipients of a great love, Lord. And Father God, our heads are lifted up. Father, our hearts are filled with your love. Father, continue to fill us up. Fill us up, Lord. Give us that assurance, Lord. Lord, Lord, help us not to sin. Help us, Lord. Empower us not to walk according to the flesh. But, Lord, should we do it, Lord? I pray that you would restore us. I pray, Father, that you would just let your people know that you stand with open arms ready to, to receive them back because your mercy never fails and your grace never runs dry. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. As our custom this first Sunday, we're going to take up the communion. And how many know it's a, it's a great day to take communion? Amen. To commune with Him, to celebrate His love, to celebrate His goodness. And so, before we go into communion, a very, very sacred um, element of the church, a sacred time where we really commune with Him, remember His death. Let's take a moment and search our hearts before we take communion. Communion is for believers, for Christians. And it's a way by which we testify to the Lord's death until he comes back. But it's also a way that we identify with him freshly. Where there's, there's any dark areas in our life, that this is a great time 
maybe something God's been dealing with you about, this is a great time to surrender that to the Lord right now to get just a, a fresh anointing, a fresh grace. I believe that every time we take communion, there's a, there's a freshness that comes over our lives. There's a purity. And, and so it is facilitated by a heart that, that is open to God, a heart that is pure before God, a heart that speaks the truth. And, and so let's take a moment before we take communion and search your hearts and, and just ask the Lord to show you anything in your heart, in your life that is not right. Get it right. And then after that, we're going to take communion together. So take a moment, search your hearts. stand to our feet and what we'll do is we'll have this section to my to my left and your right uh, to go first preceded by the subsequent sections we'll start with this section For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, we thank you for your broken body for our sins. Father God, we covenant afresh, Lord, to honor your sacrifice by living lives that reflect, Father God, the pain and the anguish that you went through. We do this, Father, in remembrance of you. So we eat together. In the same manner, he also took the cup at the supper, saying, 
This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we thank you for your blood. And I'm praying this morning, Saint, before we do this, if you need the Lord to touch you, to heal you, just believe it right now as we, as we take this, amen? Because and, and you just believe God. There's power in his blood. There's release in his blood. It is for your sins. It is, for, it is grace to you this morning. Father, we thank you that blood will never lose its power. And so, Lord God, we take this moment to commune with you and become one with you afresh. Father God, listen to their cries in the hearts of your people. And because we are one with you, may you manifest yourself as you said you would for the benefit of your people, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, shall we drink together? Amen, amen. Well, pass those over to your right and to your left, depending on where you are. Amen. How many of you enjoyed that word this morning? God's love. Amen. I want to encourage you to walk in it. Amen. And we're going to have Brother Jacob. He's going to come up and he's going to close us. Amen. Come on, church, let's give God some praise for the great, powerful word that he gave us today. Come on, church, let's bow our heads in prayer and stretch forth your hands towards heaven. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for speaking to us today. We thank you so much for your love and your tender mercy, Father God, that you give to us each and every day. We thank you so much, Father God. Lord, we ask you to please bless and keep each and every one of us throughout this week. Bless our weeks. Bless our homes. Bless our jobs. Bless everything, Father God. We just thank you so much. And watch over us and protect us all the way until we return right back here into your house of prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, who we love, who we love so much, and who first loved us. We pray. Amen. His holy name, declare it.